Good. So good morning. Great to see you all, whether you're here or online. So Lorna, where are you? Here she is. Come up and join me, Lorna. Okay, so we're going to do this one a little bit of an interview style. So I'm just going to ask Lorna some questions. Um, so Lorna, tell us, how was your life before you met Jesus? Um, apart from going to Girls Brigade, I didn't have much experience of Jesus. I did try not to be a bad person, but didn't have a moral compass. Although I didn't remember a time when I didn't believe Jesus existed, he wasn't anyone personal to me. I looked up to my siblings, but didn't find much hope. When I started dating PJ, I realised I would need some heavenly help. He... He took me to Alpha at Holyrood and I realised he was for me, Jesus, not PJ. <laughs> I was feeling lost spiritual, but when I prayed to accept Jesus in my life, I could sense his presence above me and couldn't stop smiling, so I knew I had made the right choice. Timothy 2.4 who wants all people to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. So, you've met Jesus. So tell us a little bit about what Jesus and the story of Jesus means to you. He's my Lord and friend, and the gospel is the story of his life on earth and the prom promises made to anyone who follows him and seeks repentance. John 15.6 He died, sent his son Jesus to die for his sins and if I believe and re repent, give me eternal life. It gives me hope for the future and support in present. It was given me by the Heavenly Father to seek advice and requests and church family and particularly life group to help me achieve that. It was during Alpha I realized how much better my life would be if I did. So how's your life been different since you met Jesus? When I ask for forgiveness, he washes away my sin. I have hope. He also helps me cope with my life with people from Waypoint and especially my life group. I try to live my life in a way that shows my love and that other people will see this and want to be a part of it. Well done, Lorna. Stay there. Stay here for a minute. Um, so life groups, if you don't know what they are, there are small groups and they're just a way of us as church just sort of coming together to be, to be known um, and to care for one another. So I've got a verse for you, Lorna. The elders have been praying for all the ba um, can baptism candidates and so we've got a verse for each one of you. And the verse we've got for you is Philippians 4.13, which says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. So I'm just going to pray for Lorna. Father, we just thank you for Lorna. Thank you that you knew her and loved her even before she was born. Thank you that you had a plan for her life and thank you that she has found you. Thank you that she is now walking with you. And thank you, just as we've heard her story this morning of the difference that you made, you have made and are still making in her life. And so we just pray as she takes this amazing step, this next step in her journey with you this morning, that you will just fill her, you will just surround her with your peace and your love and that she will walk away from today knowing that she is your precious child. Amen. Well done.
And so next, we have Tiffany. Come and join us, Tiffany. Or come and join me, I should say. So Tiffany joined us as a church not long before we went into lockdown. So um, been on a bit of an interesting journey, haven't you, Tiffany? You were just meeting here in the church, and then suddenly we all went online, but you stayed connected with us. Um, and then I think I first spoke to you a few months ago, really, was when we first sort of started chatting. So um, I'm really excited to hear Tiffany's journey um, and her journey with Jesus. Um, sorry, I'm actually quite nervous because I'm not used to doing things like this in a room full of people. Okay, so um, my life before um, getting saved wasn't too good. I spent a lot of time depressed and grief-stricken. I wasn't looking after myself properly. I didn't have God in my life at this time, but I'm sure he was still by my side, even if I didn't pray or talk to him or read the Bible. But after about five years, I found God again, and I accepted him back into my life. I believed in him again. I have always believed in God, but many times I have stopped seeking God, and he seems to always come back into my life each time. He brought me and my boyfriend together and opened up our eyes, minds, and hearts and spirits to his love again. We started attending Waypoint Church just before the lockdown, and started sort of going to church on a regular basis. It's not been easy, but I have enjoyed being in God's presence again. And for me, I've got, who, who is Jesus? Jesus is my king. He followed the Christian life and taught others his way of life. He is God's son. Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross for all of our sins. He rose from the dead. He heals the sick and those crushed in spirit. Psalm 34, verse 8 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Jesus helped solve my problems by bringing good Christians into my life for providing me with a new church. He restored my spirit. I believe in the gospel of Jesus because he forgives all my sins when I ask him to. He teaches me things, makes me want to be a better person. He is always by my side. I believe his word to be true because I believe in him. The gospel is, is being accomplished in my heart and God's love is restoring my worries with peace and love. It has helped my heart heal from trauma and grief. I got to the point I have gotten to this point in my life now where I am willing to surrender my life to God. Jeremiah, verse, Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I want to be baptised because I am saying yes to God and I am continuing on my Christian walk. I want to strengthen my relationship further with God to continue to trust in him and to know that God forgives all of the sins when you confess them to him. I want to thank him by saying yes to him and surrendering my life to him because I want to and it is what is in my heart and spirit to take this next step in my Christian faith journey. He has already done some amazing things in my life 
after experiencing trauma, loss and grief. God has helped me through it. He has helped me heal emotionally and spiritually. I suffer with mental health problems which can bring many storms, but I take comfort that he will carry me and bring me through it with his love. Since being, being saved again, my life has been better and more stable with my mental health. I have a strong bond and relationship with God. It is the strongest that it has ever been. I feel good about my life and the future with God involved in it. God will be by my side and will carry me if I need it. God has done amazing things for me already and I am starting to heal from my grief. God has restored me emotionally and spiritually. I am so thankful for God and his love for me and also my love for God. And then there are two scriptures here that continue to help me with my journey. And it is Philippians 4 verse 6 and it says, Do not be anxious about anything. Instead, in every situation through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, tell your requests to God. And then this one is Psalm 139 verse 13 to 16. It says, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Well done. And so the verse that we've got for you, Tiffany, is um, Psalm 27, verse 14, which says, Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. So can I just pray for you? Father, we just thank you for Tiffany. Thank you that you have had your hand on her. Thank you that you were with her in those really dark and desperate times. Thank you that you never left her. Um, even though she wasn't aware that you were there. Thank you just for the amazing work that you've done in her life so far. And we just pray your continued healing into her, that you will just flow through her and continue to heal her and restore her. And that as she moves forward with you, you're such a part of her life now. We thank you for that. We just pray that there, there will be just moments of real joy where um, she will just be able to celebrate and just have those amazing moments of you with her in both the happy times and also the tough times. So thank you for this step she's taken today. And just pray that this will be um, a real sort of marker in the sand as she moves forward as one of your followers and as your daughter. Amen. I'm now going to hand over to Kev who's, oh, and Ruth who are going to introduce our next candidate. Um, we have had the privilege of um, having Laura in our small group and um, so it's a real joy to be here this morning with her as she is being baptised. Um, how are you doing your story, Laura? Are you speaking or...? Okay. Hello, church. I'd like to thank you all for being here and sharing in this very special and beautiful day. I want to give this moment to God. It's all his. 
It's for his glory that I'm here today to publicly declare my love for Jesus. Without his hand over my life, providing me with his love, protection and guidance, without him working within me, I wouldn't be here in church today. So praise God, for he is good. I am a bit nervous, you can probably tell from my voice, but I also know that it is a privilege to share my story and how I came to know Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. So, I grew up in a non-Christian family and heard about God in my early years through my junior school. Now, I love to sing the songs of praise in assembly, but I need to apologise to you all right now because I'm not a very good singer. So I thank God that we have a fabulous worship team and so many beautiful voices here that I can sing as loud as I want and not disturb too many of you. But on a more serious note, I loved the songs and I wanted to know more about God and who Jesus was. I would say the Lord's Prayer every night in bed and I'd talk to God in my head about what was going on. Little did I realise that this was prayer. However, as I grew up and went through school, I received less and less input. I started living life the way everyone else around me was, meaning I drew further away from God. I would still say the Lord's Prayer now and again, but my conversations had turned to complaints. Life was hard and it didn't seem fair. I knew that there was something missing, but what? Some of the people around me at that time were not particularly good influences and I did many regrettable things as I searched for a way to fill the void. Looking back now, I can see that God was always there and provided more than I could see at the time. Even when I made my bad choices, when I ignored and turned away from him. I have seen many blessings in my life, including my three beautiful boys that I am so proud of. And I feel lucky and grateful to God that they are in my life. It was in my adult years when I finally started coming to church and listening to God. The people there helped me to study the Bible and to learn the truths of God. It was when my faith started to take off and I realised what had been missing all along was always with me. What was missing was a true relationship with God. The more I studied the Bible, the more I listened to scripture, the more I prayed, the closer I felt to God and the more complete I felt. Life started to make sense and finally it was quite good. But isn't this always the case just before a fall? Even Within a relationship with God, life is not smooth running. And I have learnt this, but I praise God, because even in the hard times, I can see that he is still there with me, and that he gives me so much strength that I can cope better with the bad times that inevitably come. When I was listening to some worship music at work recently, which I thank God I'm allowed to do, I had a famous quote come to me, a quote from Dory. Yes, you heard me right. Not a very biblical character, I know. But Jim told me I had to include this. So this is the scene that was playing in my head. Marlin is frantic, trying to get out of the whale's mouth. He said, I need to find my son. I promised him that nothing would ever happen to him. Dory stops and says, well, that's a funny thing to promise him. If nothing happens to him, nothing will ever happen to him. Not much fun. This got me thinking, God allows us to have free choice, to do what we want. He will always be there to pick us up when we fall, just like we do with our children. When they fall down, whether that's physically through learning to walk or when disappointments happen, God is our Father who loves and protects us. 
He doesn't promise that life will be easy or always good, but he does promise to love us through it all in every season of our lives. He wants us to grow and learn, and that is why he sent Jesus. I pray every day for Jesus to help me, and I ask him to hold my hand as I know he will not let go, even at times when I do. So why do I believe and trust in God as my Heavenly Father, Jesus as my Lord and Saviour, and the Holy Spirit to be my guide? Because he has never failed me. He is trustworthy and faithful, and I have learned that he gives love in abundance, even when I'm not being particularly lovable. I have received so many blessings and answers to prayer. For me to stand up here and tell you all about them will take longer than what we have today. But please know this, he does hear you. He does answer your prayers, sometimes in ways we expect and sometimes in greater ways. Sometimes he answers instantly and others he answers much later. But he knows when the right time is and he answers. He has provided me with life and the Bible is my, is our guidebook. If only I'd realised this earlier. But the good news is it is never too late to start your journey. There is no age limit. All are welcome, no matter what you have done. Jesus saves, and this I know is true. As it says in Romans 8, 2, so now there is no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. I don't profess to know the Bible inside out, but the more I read and the more I study, the more I realise how relevant it is to life today. And I am so grateful to Jesus. To follow Jesus means that I accept his gift of life through what he did for me on the cross. I want to live his way, not my way. I want God's will for my life. And I humbly ask Jesus to adopt me into his family. I am in a relationship with him. And to be in a relationship means that there has to be trust. I believe and trust in Jesus. As he has broken my chains and set me free. I can talk freely of my suffering and my dark times. And I know that he is there. He's always been there. He understands me and he understands my pain. He keeps his promises and he provides and protects me and has done so on countless occasions. He is my tower, my refuge, my strength. He is my God. Thank you, God, and thank you, church. Um, I'd like to pray for Laura. Is that, yeah? What do you want to do? Go on, do you? We're like a double act, aren't we? Yeah, sorry about this. Laura, we've got a verse for you. <laughs> It's uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 9. Um, I'm going to read the first bit, then, then tweak it slightly. It says, for you are a chosen people, you are royal priests, a holy nation. And I want to say, you're a chosen person, a royal priest, part of a holy nation. God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. That's just all right. Dear Father, I just want to thank you for Laura. Thank you that she, we've got to know her. Thank you for the journey that you have already taken her on to reach this point, this one day, Lord. And Father, I just pray that you will continue to be close with, to her, that she will feel your hand on her life. Lord, be with her as a mum to her lovely three sons. Be with her at work as she shares who you are with the people she works with. And Father, I just hope that she will continue to remember that she is your daughter, that you have chosen her specially, 
and um, that as the next weeks happen, that she will be continuing to grow closer to her. Thank you for her inquiring mind that she wants to know and learn more about you all the time, Lord. So, Father, I just ask that you would bless her now. Amen. We good? Good, right. I'm going to invite uh, Mitchell up, actually, first. Round of applause for Mitchell. I actually got to meet Mitchell uh, last week. <laughs> He's been kind of part of the church, haven't he, on and off over the last few months. So, um, but it's been a real pleasure to hear his story. I won't say any more. I'll let you say it. Okay, do you want to use that mic? Cool. All right. Hello, my name is Mitchell. I'm 18. I've been coming to Waypoint regularly for only about three months now. But I actually got saved around about a year ago, which has been pretty great. <laughs> But yeah, the strong, uh, strangest thing about it all is that before I really got saved, I still would have called or considered myself to be a Christian. But sadly, just like a lot of other Christians today, I had literally no idea what I was talking about. For instance, if you had asked me a year ago um, how I would get to heaven as a Christian, I most likely would have said, you just have to be a good person or something like that, which if you take any time to think about, makes zero sense as why would the Almighty God needs some small, fallible human beings' supposed good works. That would just end up being fairly egotistical on our part or something. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I've always been quite a curious person, and I've always considered myself to be a seeker of the truth. So when I was 17, um, I began to like, be faced by a lot um, more people with, um, who would criticize my beliefs. And since I wasn't able to objectively back any of my opinions, every statement I made would eventually fall flat on, my, um, on its face, since uh, without any objective backing, it was merely just my opinion. So me being me, I got quite frustrated by this. So I started trying to talk to as many people, mainly online, about my beliefs as possible so that I could basically just understand better what people believe. This eventually resulted me in me meeting an American Baptist online. So, and I was immediately impressed by the way he was able to explain things purely using the Bible and how there wasn't a single doubt in his mind um, that the Bible was the inspired word of God and also just really how he was able to see the world with such clarity. This really prompted me to take a deep look into the Bible because before that moment, I had never seriously heard the Bible being quoted before like that in my life. So once I started looking into the Bible, I was almost immediately amazed. Uh, I was almost, imme almost immediately became fascinated by it with all of its prophecies and the way it, um, it like all ties together. And that's probably one of the reasons why I've been able to get through the Bible about five times this year. When I start, first started reading the Bible, I came across something in the book of Romans, specifically in Romans chapter 3, where we read in um, Romans 3 verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. And then again in uh, Romans 3 verse 23, for all have sinned and come uh, short in, uh, of the glory of God. So we all come short. And just one last quick one from Isaiah. Isaiah 64 verse 6 says, but we are all as unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. 
Yeah, so, yeah. so I ask myself, how could salvation possibly be achieved by good works if we're all sinners? So, and so when I got on to reading the Gospel of Luke, one thing really made me realize how salvation actually works. And that, that was in Luke 23, verse 43, where we read, And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. This is Jesus telling the thief on the cross that uh, when he dies today, he will be with Jesus in paradise. And the thief on the cross was just a sinner like you or I. So what did he do to get uh, salvation like that? Well, all he did was call upon the name of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and was saved. We see that in Luke um, 23, verse 42, when, he's, um, when it says, And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. What, this, uh, this made me realize that uh, unlike every other religion, Christianity is personal. It's personal because Jesus died for us as the ultimate sign of humility. He died for you. Salvation really is that simple too. And we know this because um, God said it, um, said it would be in 2 Corinthians 11 uh, verse uh, 3. We read, um, By fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds shall be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So I can safely say um, that since I got saved, my life has forever been changed, as I know that from now on, I'm not trusting, um, I'm not alone, or I'm not trusting in myself, but I'm resting in the finished works of Jesus Christ. So I hope today that through my baptism, I'm able to publicly declare my new life in Jesus. Thank you. What a story, eh? Five times in a year. Nothing better to do. I'm joking. I'm joking. Wait, it's quality. It's been so good to get to know you. And he literally carries the King James Bible version with him everywhere, honestly. It's just like last week at Youth Retreat, it's just this massive Bible just carrying it around. It's amazing. And uh, so I've got a verse to share with you, but it's not from the King James Version. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It's from NIV. You sure? Yeah. Okay, cool. Your verse is from Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 11. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. I'll share that with you later as well. Can I just pray for you? Yeah. Cool. Lord, I thank you so much for Mitchell. Thank you for my brother in Christ. Lord, I thank you for the way in which, uh, like all the stories we've heard so far, you bring people to you in so many different ways, Lord through dark times, Lord, through relationships, Lord, through scripture in Mitchell's case, Lord. Just bless him. Thank you for him, Lord. I thank you that he loves you. Lord, fill him with your spirit afresh, Lord. Thank you that you look down and you delight in him, your son. Bless him, Lord, in your name. Amen. Cool, man. Round of applause. Uh, and last but not least, uh, we have uh, Annalise. Round of applause for Annalise as well. Annalise uh, has been with us forever, and uh, no, she'll tell you something in a minute. And uh, she's now currently our youth intern with Lewis as well. And so we're so blessed to have you leading our youth group. And uh, yeah, tell us your story. Okay. Hi, my name's Annalise, and this is my story of why I'm getting baptised today. 
It started when I was about six or seven, and my mum started taking me to church. One summer, I attended Boomerang, a kid's summer club, and I said a prayer that the leader said we could pray if we felt like we wanted to accept Jesus in our hearts. So I said the prayer in, in my head, and to this day, I can remember the image God put in my head, which was Jesus with his arms open in front of a cross. This is when I knew Jesus was real. When I got a bit older, I attended retreat. This is um, when the youth go away for a few nights and grow closer to God. I'd go get anxious, God would give me a picture or a warm feeling of the Holy Spirit, and then I'd go home. I was stuck in this cycle, and when, it got, when I got to about year 10 or 11, I said, when I go to college, I'll take my faith more seriously and tell people about him and stop putting God in a box just for a treat. Unfortunately, this never happened, and my faith and relationship with God got worse in college. This is a time of my life that makes me cringe when I look back at it because I know it also was an important part of my testimony. I never went off the rails but, and got drunk every weekend and did drugs and whatever, but I did make bad choices that I can now see weren't the best. These include me caring more about what boys thought of me and what God, than what God thought of me, caring about looks all the time, wanting male validation and being caught up in things such as gossip and general unkindness. Despite me living for the world rather than God during this period, when I went to church, I'd often get annoyed at God and think, why can't I feel anything or connect to him, which now I see very clear why. It was a one-sided relationship, and I'd only ever choose God when I wanted something for myself or to see his effects. Eventually, I started to take my relationship with God more seriously and try and put effort into it. This was as the first uh, COVID lockdown was introduced. Some people hated the lockdown period, but for me, it was the biggest blessing. One thing that God kept reminding me throughout this time was James 4 verse 8, draw nearer to God and he'll draw nearer to you. This is what I did and now my life has changed. The closer I grew to God and got to understand him and see how much he's done for me, the more I started to see the importance of obeying him and trusting in him, which has also had a big impact on my life. Throughout Brookfield, my secondary school, in my early teens, I struggled with anxiety and worrying constantly about everything. I wouldn't trust in God or think he could solve problems or take away any fear. I'd always let the devil and fear win, because, but because he is in control, I know I don't need to worry anymore about anything in my life. Throughout the book of Matthew, you can also see sentences starting with, do not worry about. This has also helped me to not worry anymore about anything or what's to come in my life. During this time of growing with God, I kept a diary so I could look back and see how far God has brought me. Some lines from that diary include, 23rd of October, 2020. Today, I decided I wanted to get baptized, not because I had this overwhelming feeling of God shouting at me saying this is the right time, but because I realized I want God to be part of my life forever. Because I realized I can't do life without Jesus, and because at this stage of my life right now, God needs to take the wheel and take me in. 23rd of December, 2020. The more I read my Bible, pray, do devotions, and listen to worship music, the more I'm starting to notice my life and characteristics change for the better. I feel I am slowly turning into more and more into the woman of God God wants me to be. It's a scary time not knowing what the future holds for me as we go into tier four in a few days. But I'm still so excited to get baptized in 2021. I know whatever my future looks like, God's in control and has me. 
back to my testimony. Although God has taken me so far and I've gone from wanting worldly things to wanting God's will for my life, it doesn't mean the middle bits have been easy. On this journey, there'll always be ups and downs, but I don't want to do it with anyone else other than God. I've done nothing to earn his love and, let him, and I let him down daily, yet Jesus still died for my sins and God still looks on, looked on this earth and thought he needed one of me on it. I'm so honoured and grateful to be here today, going from an anxious mess to knowing my true identity, going to Canada on a mission trip. If my year 10 self saw what I was doing today, they'd laugh and say, you've got the wrong person. I can only thank my close friends and my church family and my family, yeah, for helping and sticking with me throughout the years as I transform into this woman of God. And obviously a big thank you to God for loving me and not giving up on me even when I turn my back on him. Thank you. Amazing story, isn't it? So cool. Man, we're so blessed to have you as part of our family here. Thank you. Uh, I've got a verse for you. I think it's absolutely spot on as well. It's 1 Timothy 4.12. says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but a certain example, I think you already do, for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So I'll share that with you later. Can I pray for you? Yeah, Lord, I thank you so much for Annalise. Lord, I thank you for the woman of God, as she said that she is now. She is your daughter, Lord. Continue to grow her, fill her with your spirit, Lord. Help her to become more and more like you so she can shine the radiance of you, Christ, to those she comes into contact with, Lord. From family to friends to uh, as she goes off to mission next year, Lord, bless her in that time. Equip her for that time as well. Use her greatly for your glory, Jesus. Thank you once again for this step that Annalise has taken today in obedience to you, Jesus. Amen.